This is Adam Gorney Rivals here with West Charlotte High School football coach Sam Greiner. So much to talk about here. So let's talk football first. Let's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot let's of Let's get stuff. the boring yeah. stuff out of the way. No, nah, definitely not boring, but good stuff. <laughs> uh, Crouch is high school coach. Yes. And he was a guy that wanted to play running back, wanted to play linebacker, who knows what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Where did you kind of see him fit best? And, and kind of walk me through his progression <clears throat> to now being in the Big Ten and, and, and kind of producing, you know? Yeah, he's definitely producing where he's at. I mean, he's with a great head football coach at Michigan State, and that guy does a phenomenal job. You know, Thomas Davis and I were just talking about Mel Tucker and how well he's going to help Kavars. Kavars is one of those guys, once he's uh, in that program longer, he's going to develop and develop better and better as we go. Um, if he would have came out and played running back, I think that Clemson probably would have been the spot, or Michigan yeah. would have probably been the spot. It, it's unfortunate what happened at Tennessee. I thought that that was a great opportunity for him. And you could see it as you got towards the latter part of the games. Of He was performing really, really well. And then, and then in the bowl game, Texas A&M, yeah. did some great things. And then once all the people you trust and you know love are gone, then you got to make good decisions. And I think he made the perfect decision going to Michigan State. On hindsight, would he ever go back and say, man, I wish I would have played running back and stuff? <clears throat> Definitely those things cross your mind. I just think that once he figures out this linebacker, remember he hasn't played it at all necessarily until he got to college. Yeah. Well, I think he's going to have a longer career in the future because he's very fast. He's got to keep working on his flexibility and things like that. But he's going to test really well at the combines and things yeah. in the future. He'll do really well. He was a kid that ninth grade. I mean, he looked like yes. he jacked up and big and strong and stuff. How do you take that and kind of craft it into being well, a football player? Well, the, fu the, the funny thing is he comes in. So I'm at Harding, and, and uh, you know, the first year I'm there, he walks in the building. We're doing workouts in the summer. And I was like, hey, where, where are you transferring in from? <laughs> he was like, I'm a freshman. I was like, yeah, right. Like, I thought he was joking around with me. I mean, he was a monster. He was about 200 pounds and had a muscular frame. And then we did a 225 or a 185 and 225. He went to the 225 on the bench press and did it like seven reps as a freshman, never even knowing how to work out. But that wasn't his better attributes. His best attributes is not knowing that he was young. He, he was a leader from day one. He knew that this is something he wanted to do and he put work in. And a lot of kids get caught up in a lot of different things. They can get caught up in, you know, trying to be popular and doing these things or going out with these girls. This guy worked on his craft all the time, and that's what made him so good. Yeah. Is that just innate? Is that just born in you? Can, can you teach that, or is that just something you have some to things, have? Some things you cannot teach. Um, the one thing you can teach is work ethic, and I think that his family's taught him that, and everything else translates to it. You know, like my son, Brahim Murphy, 100-pound um, guy, never played a quarterback a day in his life, but he was the greatest leader I've ever been a part of, and that's what helped us win the state championship, having his leadership abilities. So I think there's some things that are born, but you are able to grow with some of the things you're born with to grow into other things that help out at football. Talk about Brahim's story and, and now at Hanar. Yeah, yes, definitely. I mean, it's kind of unique because you have a kid that, you know, didn't play for me the first year I was there. He was ineligible, um, found out more about the situation, and he was in my weightlifting class and came in there from time to time late, always apologetic. And after school, we would do workouts again. He would be there and work really hard. And uh, I would always take him to work or different places whenever we would go there. And I found out his situation was unique. It was, I never took him to the same place twice. And then about two months into it, our relationship grew so much that he opened up and talked to me a little bit more about it. And he says, you know, yeah, I stay with my older sister from place to place. She works and 
you know, it's tough on her. I said, so you don't have a really a stable. I said, so I talked to his sister. Actually, a lot of people don't know this, and said, hey, I'm gonna, I want Brahim to just stay with me, you know, during high school now, because I don't want him to have to worry about where he's staying from night to night, and it'll take a burden off of you, because she felt like she had to be the mother of Brahim, yeah. and she's just the older sister. Well, wife asked him to come into our house, and uh, long story short, he. He's never left since then, and great things came from him. Um, you know, a 100-pound kid. Everybody tries to um, equate it to the blindside story. Yeah. It's not It's not the blindside. If, if he was 6'8", I'd take that kid in my house all day. Like, hey, come on. It's four yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but, nah, the greatest leader I've ever been a part of came in, led our team, never played it down a quarterback, and led our team to our first playoff appearance in a long, long time. And then the following year, the magical year happened where we won the state championship with those guys. Kavaris was a junior, but Brahim was the leader of that team. And it was funny, you have a kid that's 145 pounds at the time then, and you got big Kavaris crouched in the huddle, and they're all looking at Brahim for leadership. And uh, that's why he ended up going to Army, because as soon as he was done with his junior year, they reached out and said, hey, we're going to give him an appointment. He needs to hit these marks to get into school. And that just shows you how great an academy is. They looked at his GPA from when he had a stable home and not his first year at school. Yeah, in totality. And yeah. then he had to hit a mark on the SAT, and he did that. And they welcomed there with open arms. And towards the end of his career, a lot of schools like the Appalachians and stuff like that, which are great schools. Um, but me being you know, his father figure at the time, I didn't let them talk to him because I didn't want him to fill his head. I knew that... Him going to where he's going, he'll be great. It ain't going to be easy, but we're going to play a chess move. It's going to be a 40-year decision, not yeah. a four-year decision. And I'm just so proud of him staying with that because we have not seen the greatness of Raheem yet. We're going to see that 10, 15 years from now where he's you know, running a company or doing whatever the things that he can do. His leadership ability is just unbelievable. The leadership at Army, obviously, is yes. going to be perfect, perfect fit, because that's what, that's what you're saying. But just being at West Point, having that degree, having yeah. that, that sense, I mean, how proud are you of, oh, <laughs> of, of all that? I'm beyond know? proud. Like yeah. I, I mean, like I said, he's my role model. Um, you know, he looks at me as his coach, and he actually looks at my wife as his mom, because his mom passed away when he was five. And my wife loves him to death and I'm not looking for him to look at me as a dad I, I like him calling me coach but I love him like a son he yeah. is if someone asks me he's my son yeah. I love him and I'll take my shirt off and do anything I can for him if he ever need and uh and he I think those years he really really loves me and knows that I appreciate what he's done I, I'm very proud of him and I'm hoping that I'll be one of the best looking younger grandpas one day because he is an older guy when he gets married and He's dating a girl that runs track at Miami, runs better, track. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> I ain't got too many good years left. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about the fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, for people that don't know, you were on The Amazing Race. Oh, yeah. Um, amazing Race. So, you know, CBS reached out to us, and um, it was a great opportunity. They were like, you know, can Brahim or, you know, and I said, Brahim ain't going to do it. He's in season and, and Army, and maybe we'll get to go back with him. That would be kind of cool. But. My wife stepped up to the plate, and uh, seeing her train for you know, a few months, knowing that we're going to be on this race, was pretty amazing to see. And we got on the show, and we were probably one of the top three or four teams yeah. on it. And um, it was the first time ever the Amazing Race. Normally you're gone for 30 to 40 days, and you don't get to talk to your family. A lot of people don't know this about the show, but they take your cell phones, they take your information where you have no contact to outside sources. Like you'll go into a hotel room, there's no phone. They'll have it disconnected, any internet They'll take it away. You can't get on social media. Sounds like a nightmare. It is. It is. <laughs> now, 
we we do a little bit of guerrilla warfare to the other teams that we were on, a little behind the scenes information because this is my wife. My wife's with me in my room. They might have a best friend with them, and yeah. they're staying in a room with them for 24 hours, and that'll get frustrating. So we would do certain things for a little bit of guerrilla warfare because we're used to staying in the same room together. So it was kind of funny how we would pick on the other teams. I'm yeah. like, I know you guys are struggling in there. You know, <laughs> yeah. da, 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 da. you ain't talked to your wife. You ain't talked to your yeah. girlfriend. And it, it was some good stuff. But um, we ended up making it to Scotland. And then, uh, you know, Phil and the rest of the team of CBS and Amazing Race came and approached us and said, hey, you know, this, this virus has, has come on strong and uh, we're going to have to shut and postpone the season down right now. This was March 2020. Yeah. March, so right March, as it was really Right popular. when it was going, yeah. yeah. So we were out there in February and then right when March happens, we were in a second, a third leg, uh, probably about to go to the Arctic Circle, something really crazy. They haven't been there very often on that race. And I'm excited. I like cold and beautiful places, but you don't have really time to enjoy these places. Right, People think you just get to go yeah, sightsee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you are racing, and it's very competitive. And they might not show exactly how hard things are. It is very difficult. Like, I, I've never played an instrument in my entire life. I literally had to go to a, um, a roadblock, and a roadblock is something where you read a clue, and me and you are reading this clue, and we have to make a decision who does who it. Does it. Yeah. Before yeah. you see it, they'll give you a little bit of clue, <laughs> yeah. and you can only do so many, and I can only do so many. So if I've done like seven, and you've done three, you might have to do the last three. So you yeah. got to be strategic how you do that. Well, it says who's got who's got it in the bag or something like that. I'm like, oh, I got this in the bag. I going to go in here, I got to put bagpipes together and play the bagpipes. And uh, I was able to get through it. We finished fourth in this race. And uh, it's a lot of things like that. It's kind of cool and unique. But, yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, but like I said, we weren't able to go back to the race, but we're one of the teams that are never eliminated. Hopefully they bring us back. And we have the first baby ever born on a reality TV show in Elijah Rock. And uh, the last thing we went to in Scotland, there's this big gigantic like bodybuilder guy that does those shows. He has a rock on his show. I'm like, man, that's a huge rock. And he is. I say, you always got to be built upon a rock. You know, go back to our faith and foundation. And um, having a baby on this race, technically in a pit stop, we name uh, you know the middle name of our son Rock. Uh, yeah. Kind of significant to what nice. we came from, what it built. It rekindled our relationship. So it's kind of a cool thing. So here's my one beef with Amazing Race. Now I tell got me you. If, tell me if I could be completely off. Yeah. You have to go to like 16 places around the world or whatever, and the first one back wins, right? Yes. But you all you have to all go to the same cities at the same time. It would be so much cooler yes. if you could choose your own path around the world and back. You that see would I mean? be unique, but then you would, would have it be a lot. Possible? You'd have it could be possible, but I think it would cost a lot more money for because you have security teams that you don't oh, see. Yeah. And yeah, so running through you have to, and, and, and it's a lot of different things. You got to know where everybody's at at all times. We all have like these different monitors on like us packs, the, yeah. in case something badly happens. Yeah. Because they don't want something like that on the lawsuit. Now, if I finish before you, I finish first. There's rewards, but in different parts of the race, so you bring say them you finish, together, right? You bring them together, yeah. but the start time for the following race could be. 15, oh, 30 minute increments. Okay. And okay. 15, 30 minutes increments in this race is yeah. huge. Yeah. And um, now you can get stuck somewhere for six, seven hours. People don't understand you're racing sometimes from eight to 14 hours in one race. Uh, and you never know. And, and everybody thinks, well, if you just train really, really good, there's two guys on this race that um, one was wrongfully accused of murder. His name was Ryan Ferguson. 
and he ran with a guy named Dusty. And they're those are two CrossFit guys that can run like the wind. Yeah. They finished third. Yeah. You see right, what I'm saying? Right. And so there's so many different mental aspects of the game, and there's so much like lifting up rocks and doing something. Yeah, playing crazy. the piano. Playing and all, yeah, bagpipes. Like bag it's the yeah. most unique thing you've ever seen. Like if I'm going on Survivor, okay. I know I got to be great at making fire, right. and I got to be able to sustain my Find social food. game. Yeah, Find, you know yeah. things like you kind of know what you need to be good at. Right. And you know they might have a, a some type of thing that's different, but you know it's always going to be something physical and something puzzle like. Right. Amazing race is so crazy. You might have to eat something crazy with you know uh, scorpions crawling yeah. on you. I'm like, oh man, <laughs> you know it's just tough. It really is. Is it a lot of hotels and airports and that Tons. stuff? Tons. You yeah. you stay at a different. You know you go to probably twelve or thirteen different airports. Um, they did something unique when they went back. <clears throat> they had a private private plane because of COVID. They've oh, never okay. had that. Normally you're on general population regular yeah. planes, yeah. and that becomes more difficult. So I'm hoping that they keep it going that way because yeah. it is very stressful. Like going on. you don't get much sleep. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh, language barriers are something crazy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you like I said, you don't have a translator. And then a self-drive day, like say I'm in Scotland, we had to drive 30 miles to somewhere. Guess what? You have to learn to read a map, doing things that you wouldn't even imagine. We all rely on this little cell phone device. You ain't got one of those. You ain't got that. It might take you four hours to get somewhere 30 minutes. It's crazy. All right, man. I appreciate it. Sam Griner here with Adam Gorney for Rivals.com.